Welcome to Stars, Stones, and Stories. I am your host, Rama, and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you are into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, kundalini technology, and ancestral healing, you are home. If you stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, this is Sovereign Sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, sacred site activations, and priestess arts for the Aquarian Age. You may learn more about my work at ramatribe.com or follow Rama Tribe on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and support the work at patreon.com backslash Rama Tribe. This community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever. Crystallize your medicine. Welcome to episode eight, The Royal Codes of Infinity. Harnessing the Leo New Moon and this astrology now. In this episode, we are going to speak to the intergalactic nature of our starseed family, the nodes of fate and their current ask of us, the galactic center, the great cosmic womb of creation, the Leo New Moon, and lion medicine. And together, we'll take a journey with Sekhmet. Ancestors, 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 we call to you, we call to you, we call to you. We're so grateful for your lives, and we know we cannot do this alone. We cannot do this without you. So we welcome you. We welcome your backing and your genius solutions to pour forth like sweet ambrosial nectar from the other world. Thank you, ancestors. Thank you for your gifts, your trials. Thank you for providing the shoulders upon that which we stand upon. Thank you for your support, seen and unseen in these times. And we welcome in the powers and spirits of the East, the element of air, 
the powers and spirits of the South, the element of fire, the powers and spirits of the West, the element of water, the powers and spirits of the North, the element of earth. We welcome all of the directions and all of the keepers of the directions. We ground into Mother Earth and from this anchored space where we are connected and fully immersed in our sense of belonging, we gaze up into the cosmos and we welcome in all the planetary beings, the luminaries, all the goddess and god asteroids, our starseed nations, and our guides and our guardians of the holiest and highest calibers to walk with us in the sacred journey of life. I would like to offer a thank you to each one of you for being here, for being a part of this podcast, this budding community. In just two weeks since my last episode dropped, We Are the Magdalens, there have been more than 150 new listeners, and now we have 33 countries represented around the world, and so I'm just so grateful that this community is weaving and growing and that you all are inspired by what is being shared here. I'm inspired by it as well. I believe that a podcast is a form of collaboration. As a listener, your experience really matters. So please send me a direct message on Instagram, Facebook. You can message me at Rama Tribe or Stars, Stones, and Stories, or email satnam at ramakar.com on what you love about the show, what you wish there was less of, any show submission ideas that you have, or specific questions that I may address in future episodes. And I just want to put in a little plug here. If you have any interest in supporting the show, you can join my Patreon page, Rama Tribe. And there's a number of different tiers and any of them will help support the show. So I would love that if that resonates with you. This episode, we're talking about divinity, infinity, codes of royal service, We live in powerful times, and what we are all ultimately here for is self-growth, self-knowledge, self-wisdom, and to be of service on Mother Earth. As we explore the royal codes of infinity, it must be said that a divine being, a royal being, is truly one who is of service. Yesterday, I saw on Facebook one of my mentors 
who I haven't studied with in a number of years, but I still consider him one of my mentors, Hank Vesselman. He wrote this beautiful comment about the shaman's path, but I I think it could really pertain to any healer, anyone who is a mystic or a facilitator of sacred space, a spiritual teacher, a priest, a priestess. He said, the shaman's path is not about consuming ritual or self-promotion. It's about the gifted individual using their own mind and body to create a bridge between the personal world of form and the transpersonal world of the spirits. And when that bridge is formed, it allows the healing gifts from the spirits to flow across that bridge and into the world we live in. It's about being of service. We are an intergalactic family. We are here on earth and many of us are representatives of a multitude of starseed nations. We are made of stardust and that is a fact. It's been proven. We come from the stars. We are the Magdalens. We are the holy ones here to embody life in the flesh. We are the ones who have chosen to come to earth. And in this journey on earth, we have a choice. Are we going to live a life of slavery or are we going to live a life of sovereignty? Are we going to live a life of poverty or are we going to live a life of prosperity. And when I'm speaking of poverty versus prosperity, I'm not talking about money in the bank. Some of the most prosperous people have very little resources, very little income, and yet they live life to its fullest, giving gratitude each day, fully connected with the world of spirit in a sacred dance of mutual reciprocity. And there are many people out there, many, many, many people out there who have a lot of money in the bank and live a life of poverty, of deep fear, of repression, of being oppressed and oppressing others. So this is all ultimately a choice. And as we're transmuting more and more out of this 3D reality into this 5D reality where we are stewards on this planet with the responsibility, the great responsibility to be co-creators in any given moment. We are at a place where our actions, our thoughts, our emotions, how we move forward at any given moment matters more than ever. The astrology of 2020 has this written all over it as these planets, Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto, have been moving through Capricorn alongside Pallas Athene and how they're shifting time, the time-space continuum, how they're dissolving at times rapidly and at times very 
what feels like it's going on for ages, they're dissolving that which no longer serves. These old, old ancient paradigms are getting shed. And it came to my attention across different sources through social media. And I I did a little fact-checking, and it seems to be true that the CIA uh, just recently declassified information relating to stargates and portals, parallel universes, the ability to manifest astral travel, transcendental meditation, saying that all of this is true and available and possible. Something I say quite often is that the the media, the billboards, what is shown on TV, what is heavily sponsored now through Facebook or other major social media outlets will not advertise to us as humans our greatest strength and our greatest power because ultimately they are backed by corporations and their end goal is to have us in servitude to these corporations. So part of our journey as sovereign beings is to awaken, to fully awaken and activate our sovereignty. We are humans from many timelines and many realities. We are starseeds heralding from spaces and places like Sirius, Orion, Lyra, the Pleiades, Andromeda, Vegas, Venus, Antares, Arcturus, Centaurus, Alpha, and many, many other starseed homes. Timelines and ancient beliefs are dissolving. And in that disillusionment, we must ask ourselves, what have we idolized from the past? What do we as starseeds idolize from other starseed home locations? What do we idolize from civilizations like Lemuria, Atlantis, Egypt, the Mayans, Where have the traumas of fallen cultures riddled our bones? And as we are dissolving the old paradigms, we must take note of the South Node in Sagittarius. Please bear with me on this episode, I typically record late at night when it's really quiet in my neighborhood. And last night I had plans to record and my body was just requiring rest and sleep. So I listened and I I trusted. And so I'm recording this episode on Friday morning, August 14th, Venus Day. And you'll hear some background shuffling of my neighbors and cars going by. Thank you for your patience with that. 
The lunar nodes are very powerful, yet astronomically, they are invisible. A simple way to define them is as these intersection points where the moon crosses the plane of the ecliptic, passing through the center of the sun, which contains the orbit of planet Earth. And the nodes of the moon, they move in these 18 and a half year cycles. They're always opposing one another. We have the south node and the north node. And they work together as a unit. They're always in opposition directly across the zodiacal wheel from one another. They're these unseen forces that are magnetically directing so much more than we can imagine. The lunar nodes give one the ability to forecast eclipses. Lunar eclipses, solar eclipses, we can define those by the placement of the lunar nodes. The south node describes where we come from when we're looking at it in our personal natal chart. It is all about our past, our total accumulation of our memories, our gifts, our talents from other lifetimes. It is things that we have mastered, abilities that we have come into full fruition It is also a path of karma, of the shadow, and it is a place that can feel very, very comfortable. And so it is possible to get stuck in the south node behavior. Whereas the north node is a symbol of spiritual power and integration. It is the path of the future, of the dharma, of the destiny It is all about personal growth, and it is where we feel most awkward and uncomfortable, like we're headed into the wild unknown. The collective nodes, the cosmic weather that is alive here and now in 2020, the collective nodes of fate shifted in May, the beginning of May, where the south node went from Capricorn to Sagittarius, and the North Node went from Cancer to Gemini. And so we had been working for about 18 months with this Capricorn Cancer access where we were being asked to create a sense of security and being mobile in our sense of security while also dissolving fear and a need to be overly controlling. Now, with the South Node in Sagittarius, collectively, we're being asked to dissolve old beliefs, old paradigms, all of the spaces and the places where people have bowed down to gurus, where they have relied on ancient texts as the end-all, be-all. This is a time to disentangle from the old ways. When we're pulling from the old ways over and over again, it holds up our ability to truly transform. One way to look at the sign of Sagittarius is the starry centaur 
is bending the bow to show his to his sense of what you did below. So we want to honor what has come before. However, we are bending the bow and we're actually visioning something beyond the current time frame. Sagittarius is all about authority, worldly wisdom, muscular authority, because Sagittarius rules over the thighs in the human body. Sagittarius organizes powers of humanity and the powers that be, powers of the mind, discipline, and obedience. It is about being loyal and law-abiding, generous, free, and ambitious. And in other terms, we could describe Sagittarius as like this wild horse or this wandering gypsy, this adventure. It is an optimistic, forward-looking sign uh, that can be very much associated with like the sage, the teacher, the priest, the priestess. And Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter. And currently, we have Jupiter traveling through the sign of Capricorn. Right now, Jupiter is retrograde. And we're building up in this astrology to the great conjunction in December of 2020 when Jupiter and Saturn come conjunct at the very beginning of Aquarius, which is opening up this major portal into the Aquarian age. And so as we're clearing out the South Node and Sagittarius, we're clearing out the parts of us that are restless collectively. We're clearing out whatever is represented under the allegory of the Tower of of Babel and Babylon, that old, old, old paradigm. So much of what we're living in our current modern day culture, civilization, comes from Babylonian structures, governments, financial backing systems. And we are literally going to the four corners of the earth to disperse entities, to dissolve where there has been dense matter. And this stretches into the government forces. It dis- it stretches into where there has been law and order. We need to find the bow, the strength of force, and to seek new fields of expression, to ve- develop a new sense of order, a new style of government that allows humans to truly be sovereign. And so this is a major, major psyche clearing that we're going through collectively. And we know we're stuck in that south node when we're bowing down to the ways of the old. 
We want to always honor where we have been. We want to honor our ancestors. We want to honor our mentors and our teachers. We want to honor the great wisdom that has been offered to us from so many different cultures over the ages. However, we cannot fully embrace the Aquarian age if we are living in the past, if we are idolizing that which has come before, because we are meant to be here now to create something completely fresh, completely new. And those of us who are so blessed to be in body right now, we are here to anchor this new earth, the codes, the light codes of intelligence of this new earth from our starseed nations. This week, astrologically, has been a real intense week for many people. I spoke about this in the Mars and the Divine Masculine episode of this podcast where Mars is in Aries and in August, Mars began to square first with Jupiter and this week Pluto and soon it will be Saturn. And so the Mars and Aries energy is activating the work we've been doing with Pallas Athene and and Jupiter and Pluto and Saturn in Capricorn. And it's the first of three squares, which I went into depth in that previous episode. So do take a listen if you haven't already. Because this Mars journey that we're on is very important. It's very initiatory and it's action oriented and it's going to propel us forward. And this first square is really revealing where the work is, where we really, really want to be focusing right now. And what I've been witnessing through social media is there is a lot of information coming to light of people, spiritual mentors, spiritual teachers, people that I myself have known who have abused power and control dynamics. And it has been coming to light in full force in social media in the past two and a half, three weeks. And it's so aligned with this astrology. It's so aligned with this karmic south node in Sagittarius. What is ultimately being revealed is that it is time that we as humans stop giving away our power. We must stop giving away our power. There is not one being out there on this planet that knows what is best for you more than you. Not one. And I'm really cautious and careful. I've learned to be, and I'm so grateful for the mentors I have been taught by, both hands-on and from afar. You know, sometimes our greatest teachers are those who hurt us the most and those who abuse the most power because we learn exactly how not to behave. And... I really work hard in my work to 
anytime someone asks me, well, what should I do? Or, you know, I always want to turn it back to them. What do you feel? What does your gut tell you? There's not one single human being on this planet who knows more than you. There's not a psychic. There's not a healer. The best healers and mentors out there are guides who help you claim your sovereignty. That is the way of the Aquarian age. And we're all learning this together. We're all deprogramming hundreds and thousands of years of paradigm programming that has been installed in our psyches to be consumers, to be slaves, to think that we are less than, to think that we are not holy. We are holy. We are fierce creators and we are meant to build our dreams on earth as they are of service. And so we're turning to this north node, Gemini, the north node in Gemini, representing the twins, the light and the dark, the intellect, the mind, very mercurial, ruled by Mercury. This is the archetype of the scribe, the writer, the storyteller, the messenger, the eternal child. It's coyote medicine. It's butterfly medicine. All about communication, being curious, open-minded. Gemini is about unity. It's about the journey of humanity. It's about twin souls, twin flames. The unification of reason with intuition. The highest mental state of embodied humanity. Being free, philosophical, generous. Drawing upon inspirational currents. The evolution of the twin souls we could say is the differentiation of the divine soul into two natural counterparts, male and female. When I say male and female, I'm not being limited to gender. I'm speaking of masculine and feminine qualities, yin and yang, positive and neutral, alpha and omega. There's There's separation, or rather there's separate existence as two distinct yet mutually dependent forces. This is the union of reason with intuition. And with it, we can think of the arms, the hands, the shoulders that are governed by Gemini. With clean hands, with a pure heart, a restoration of intuition to her throne, United with reason, a hope to comprehend the reality of the mystery of the twins. So with the North Node in Gemini, we are being asked collectively, how do we think more deeply? How do we think for ourselves individually and collectively? How do we draw upon that embodied wisdom and intellect and merge it with our inherent intuition? How do we share our ideas with one another? How do we exchange information and collaborate? This is a time to create community, to 
consider new thought, new ideas, new forms of education, to think outside the box, to be curious, to be witty, to be playful, to elevate the concept of the beginner's mind, the child's mind. This is a time to honor children, to honor the duality, to honor our neighbors and our siblings of destiny. This is a time to come together in ways we have never come together before. This is a time to forgive with compassion, to hold those accountable, and yet to come from a place of innocence, of purity. The south node in Sagittarius is currently merged with the galactic center. If we look to the true south node, we could say this happened on the lion's gate, August 8th, where these codes of infinity through the stargate of Sirius were pouring through from the great cosmic sun these codes of intelligence that travel upon light and sound, that travel through us and from us as we speak, as we breathe, as we move as human beings. And we know from going to various sacred sites upon the planet, we know there are places and spaces where the light codes come in in a greater resonance. And that's why we're drawn to these portals. And the galactic center is this great cosmic womb. It is 25,000 light years away, sitting at the center of the Milky Way. Our solar system takes 250 million years to orbit once around the galactic center. It's over 2,000 light years wide. The galactic center was discovered in 1932. For the ancient Mayans, they knew about this great cosmic womb, describing it as the heart of the sky and the tree of life. And for the ancient Egyptians, as the galactic center sits at the center of the Milky Way, We must acknowledge that for them, the Nile River was a mirror of the Milky Way. They were one and the same, as above, so below, as below, so above. We're in a co-creation with spirit. The galactic center is this great cosmic womb of creation. It is a place of power. It is a place of darkness and vastness. It is a place of strength. And each one of us, as we grew within our wombs of our mothers, we were mirroring this experience of being in the great cosmic womb of the galactic center. 
The galactic center sits between 26 to 28 degrees of Sagittarius. And the karmic south node in Sagittarius will be dancing with this galactic center frequency from the Lion's Gate August 8th until early September of this year, 2020. So we are being exponentially asked to draw down new thoughts to shed limiting beliefs. And this galactic center has a relationship with this concept of the gate of God and the gate of men. The gate of God is this golden gate that crosses the ecliptic of the Scorpio Sagittarius axis of the zodiac. In sidereal astrology, which I myself do not practice, it crosses five degrees Sagittarius. This is a space of ascension. The gate of men. The silver gate is an ecliptic crossing the Taurus-Gemini axis of the zodiac, five degrees Gemini in sidereal astrology. However, if my calculations are correct, which again, my disclaimer is I do not practice this style of astrology. I work with tropical Western astrology. If my calculations are correct, this actually correlates to the cusp of Gemini and Cancer and the cusp of Capricorn and Sagittarius. This golden gate is very much connected to the pulse of the galactic center where the south node is for each one of us collectively. Meanwhile, the north node is then pulling from this gate of men, the silver gate. We could, I would prefer to call it gate of humanity. The silver gate is about that which descends to earth. The gate of God is about the ascension process. And so we are being asked here and now to anchor to earth. Yes, we want to be pulling upon our cosmic divinity. Yes, we want to honor our goddess, God source. Yes, and all of that is being asked to be anchored here and now to earth. This gate of humanity has a connection to the horns of Isis, Iset, a connection to the Achet, the horizon, the birth and the death of the sun, the solstice points, winter and summer solstice, the birth, the renewal, the death, the light and the darkness. Through the gate of humanity, the human soul incarnated into physicality by crossing through the Milky Way galaxy. This brings us back to the fact we are 
made of stars. We are stardust. We are members of the Holy Family. We are coming from Great Mother Iset. We are meant to experience a journey of freedom in these human bodies here and now. We have a powerful Leo new moon coming up Tuesday, August 18th at 10.42 p.m. That's Eastern Daylight Time Zone. So please adjust for your time zone. This Leo new moon is a very important time to be harnessing the frequencies of the lion's gate, the codes of infinity, and to cast your intentions. Go back over the course of when Saturn entered Capricorn back at the end of December 2017. Go back through your intentions. See that which needs to be shed and let go and see what's still alive. See what you've forgotten about that was once near and dear to your heart. And if that still resonates, work with it. See what is feeling fresh and new and that is really resonant deep in your womb space. Whether you're feminine or masculine, we all have a womb space from which we create This Leo new moon is very fiery. We have Aries ruling the chart with Mars and Aries conjunct the path of fortune, conjunct Eris retrograde. There's going to be much that needs to be shaken awake. Where have you fallen asleep? Where have you given your power away with that karmic south node? Where have you given away your sovereignty over and over again? Where is there discord coming into your life so that you dispel the illusions, so that you wake up? Each one of us are being shaken awake in these times, and it's not comfortable. It's not easy. These are times of fearlessness, and even in that fearlessness, yes, we, we have space to honor our feelings, to feel the fear. However, it's essential we let it pass through us and move through us and come into that space of royal courage. With Black Moon Lilith, also conjunct Eris and Aries, there's a lot of dark goddess energy amplified with this new moon. This is a source of power. The dark goddess has been feared for eons. However, we have all come from the womb of the dark mother. All the way back to that great cosmic womb of the galactic center, we come from the womb of the dark mother. The dark goddess is the source of power and creation. The great mother 
is the dark goddess. And as we learn to work with this energy free of fear, we find our true sovereignty, our true power. Because the dark goddess is compassionate and she is loving. However, she is fierce and she utilizes truth and sacred rage when necessary. So with this new moon, there's a lot of 12th house psyche clearing that will, will be available for each one of us. There's a grand fire trine happening, which is going to give us some powerful, passionate, spiritual energy and the might and the backing of our ancestral lineage. Major shifts of consciousness are possible. Major shifts. So are you willing to slay your own demons? Are you willing to make peace with your own shadows? Are you willing to utilize the spiritual might to harness this energy to take the path of higher love, to come into a place of courage, to invoke the royalty of this Leo season? I'm offering a virtual Leo new moon circle on Tuesday night. So if you're called to join, please gather with us. You can go to ramatribe.com backslash gather to secure your space in that. Leo season invokes the medicine of the lion. Lion medicine as taught by Ted Andrews in the book, Animals Speak, is the assertion of the feminine and the power of the female son. The lion is the second largest of the cat family. As we know, looking to ancient Egypt, the lion presided over the annual floods of the Nile, and this is what connects us directly through the Lion's Gate portal to the starseed of Sirius Sabtet. The lion is the symbol of the sun and the gold, heralding from the great cosmic sun. Lion medicine asks us what lessons and issues are surfacing around groups and community for you at this time. What is your role in group consciousness and community? What do you need to learn? What do you need to shift? This so directly connects to that Gemini North Node that is asking us to anchor into community, to collaborate, to exchange new ideas, to learn from one another, to create new methods of learning. Within the pride of lions, the females are the best hunters. They do most of the hunting and the rearing of the babes. The males are protective and passionate. A lion does not 
fight to fight. They only fight when they absolutely need to. Instead, they prefer to avoid confrontation, leaving the scene of danger, if possible, to be stealthy. This is a form of compassion. This is royalty. This is sovereignty. The rising sun is very much connected with the female line. The rising sun asks us, how do we awaken a new sun from within? How do we trust our feminine energies, our creativity, our intuition, our imagination? And this season of Lamas, Lagnasad, is a time of inner pilgrimage for so many of us due to the fact that we may be unable to travel as we wish. It is a time to take personal responsibility, to dissolve old grudges, to choose the higher road, to do the lineage work, to purify, to literally bonfire all of the self-sabotage mechanisms. And with this Lion's Gate, Leo, New Moon, coming forth. The great mother, Sekhmet, is coming forth to support us in these times. Sekhmet is the great lady, beloved of Ptah, the royal protector. She is known as the Eye of Ra, the sun god, the sun disk. She is the holy one, the powerful one. She is a healer. Sekhmet is a lion-headed goddess of war. She is associated with the solar ray. She comes from ancient Egypt as the daughter of Ra. Her headpiece, what she wears on The top of her head as a crown is the solar ray. It is the solar disk. And it demonstrates her direct correlation to the sun. She has a uraeus, which is a serpent emerging from her crown and is often dressed in red. She's associated with not only serpents, but with dragons. She is associated with purification with power and authority, she is associated with truth. Her name, Sakmet, means to be strong, mighty, violent. However, what Sakmet draws upon is sacred rage. She stands for truth and she defends truth first and foremost. As most dark goddesses are, she is misunderstood. And these times, as I have said many, many times in my Venetian love notes and social media posts over the past couple of years since I've been heavily initiated into Egypt through numerous pilgrimages there, these are Sekhmet times that we live in. These are times of truth. These are times that require sacred rage. And with all that is coming to light, 
from those who have misused power and control dynamics, from those who have abused others with the layers of awareness that are coming out. These are times to harness Sekhmet. She is a goddess of war and battle, and we are in a deep spiritual war at these times. We must acknowledge the truth of this, that which humanity going, is going through, is being initiated in. This is a form of war. We have been living in war, each one of us, since we took our first breath here on planet Earth. What Sekhmet is renowned for is her role as a healer because she carries the knowledge of magic, true deep magic. And she was often depicted throughout ancient Egypt and that which remains today, carrying the Ankh, the key of life. In the Egyptian Book of the Dead, Sekhmet was associated with the hot winds of the desert, which came alive through her mighty breath. Through her breath, she could purify. She could burn off the dross. As the Eye of Ra, she was able to see beyond the beyond. For me, Sekhmet emerges from the great primordial snake goddess. In my own personal studies, which go back to my time in undergraduate school at Hampshire College, all goddess from all cultures on earth emerge from a snake or a bird. We can find this repeated in various indigenous cultures around the world, a snake or a bird. And Sekhmet comes from this primordial snake goddess. The snake goddess is a version of the primordial goddess that we could say comes from that great cosmic womb of creation. Snake Medicine is about vitality, rejuvenation, the mastery of kundalini frequency, the ability to face death, to strip that which no longer serves. And as one walks through the fire, to come out reborn. The snake goddess is also a mistress of sacred waters, of healing. The snake goddess rules over the life-giving waters. This Leo new moon, within the crucible of courage, each one of us is awakening to the medicine in our bones, the great ancestral memories that are carried in the cells of our body. As we're clearing out the psyche, what is hidden within your bones? 
Where is there grief and anger stored in your bones? Where is the rage hidden? Are you willing to feel this anger, this grief, to let it pass through you? What may Sekhmet come through to purify? As we prepare to journey together, please find a comfortable seated space or come to lie down, relaxing your body, making sure you're free of any heavy machinery and that all of your needs, physical needs, are tended to turning off any electronics and coming to be present in this space here and now. Closing the eyes, relaxing the body, coming to the breath. As you begin to breathe, long, deep breaths, feel yourself fully anchored here and now, cords of light, red, gold, and silver light coming from the palms of the hands, the soles of the feet, the base of the spine, beginning to spiral and anchor you down, down, down into the great earth mother, down into great grandmother hematite anchoring you into this present here now knowing that your ancestors and your high holy guides and guardians are protecting you in this physical space as you begin to journey and you find yourself you find yourself being filled with the rays of the sun, the great cosmic sun of creation. You find these rays of the sun pouring in through every cell of your body. You find yourself breathing in this golden radiant light And as you're carried through these codes of light, you find yourself magnetically pulled all the way to the great cosmic womb of creation, to that galactic center, to that space of darkness. And in this darkness, you feel the duality, you feel the light and the dark, the codes of intelligence wrapping around your entire being magnetically pulled and as you're traveling into this womb of great creation you find yourself seated on this beautiful stone floor in the small tiny temple 
and you open your eyes and as you open your eyes you see before you the great goddess Sekhmet. She stands before you and a shaft of light pours over the crown of her head, her solar disk fully illuminated, the Uraeus, the snake of protection coming out from her crown, from her third eye, where she sees you, she sees through you, all of you, and you gaze into her eyes, she gazes into your eyes, and you feel that connection, you feel the great cosmic womb, you feel the purity of the solar rays of light, and you hold her gaze, and you feel her moving through all of you. She asks you, she asks you within your mind's eye, where, where, where are the pieces hidden? Where have you hidden from yourself? And you begin to see time after time the places you have shut down your truth. You begin to feel that sacred rage where you have shut down your truth. And she holds the gaze and as she holds the gaze, you feel the breath, you feel the fire pulsing through you. You feel in this moment the purity of her flames passing through the sinews of your body where you have held on to anything that is not in your integrity. She burns this dross away. She burns the dross of your ancestors away. You feel hot. You feel her breath all around you. And you hold her gaze. You continue to breathe long, deep breaths all the way deep down from your womb. Feeling the base chakra, the root chakra spinning healthfully. That red wheel of light moving up into the womb space. That orange chakra spinning healthfully. Moving up into your solar plexus, that yellow chakra spinning healthfully. Moving up into the heart, that green wheel of light, pink wheel of light spinning healthfully. Moving up into the throat, that blue wheel of light spinning healthfully. 
Moving up into the third eye, that indigo wheel of light spinning healthfully. Moving up into the crown, that violet wheel of light spinning healthfully. Your entire physical body pulsating, feeling, feeling the solar rays from the great central sun filling up every cell of your being as you continue to hold Sekhmet's gaze. And you allow anything and everything that is not yours, that is not of your authenticity and your integrity and your royalty and your divine sovereignty, you allow it to come up to be cleared. And she holds it with you through your gaze. She breathes. You feel that hot, fiery breath move through you, purifying the dross. Allow it to burn off. And you stay, you stay with it. You stay with where it feels awkward and uncomfortable and you breathe and you breathe into it and you know you've got the backing and the might of your ancestors. And the space begins to shift. The frequency begins to shift. She continues to hold your gaze and you feel a coolness now. You feel the great kundalini energy coming from the base of your spine on either sides of the spine, beginning to weave these two serpents. You feel, you feel your ka body sitting back to back with your physical vessel. You feel this merging of the divine masculine and the divine frequency of the feminine moving through each chakra, coming all the way up and out. And you feel this mystical marriage of these serpents rise up from the crown of your head into the uraeus of Sekhmet, traveling up and out in to the great cosmic womb of creation all the way into the great cosmic sun of creation and you feel this stillness this sense of peace and purity as you claim your divine birthright as you breathe in this golden nectar of your authenticity And you find yourself flying on the back of your dragon through and all around the great cosmic sun. And you find yourself flying alongside your sisters and brothers, your guides and guardians, your ancestors, they're all on their own dragons. You find yourself with the might and the force of your divine sovereignty and you fly through time and space you fly to those sacred lands and spaces that your heart holds so dear you see the memories the ancient memories of who you are rise to the surface and you claim them as your truth 
for this is truth here and now, and you claim it with the power and the prestige of the Lion's Gate portal. You claim it into every ounce of who you are and who you came here to be. And you see yourself flying down to earth, flying down into your home. And you see yourself merge with your physical body. And you come back into this space and you breathe. You breathe deep into your womb, into your belly. You bring your right hand to your womb space, your left hand to your heart. And you hold the vision through your third eye and you activate the three grails, the chalices of wisdom of the Magdalene lineage that is you, that has always been you. And you give thanks. We close with this prayer, She Alone, Song of the Kabaya Indians. She Alone, the mother of songs, the mother of our whole seed, bore us in the beginning. She is the mother of all races and all tribes. She is the mother of thunder, of the rivers, of the trees, and of grain. She is the only mother we have, and she alone is the mother of all things. She alone. Thank you so much for sharing sacred space. My prayer is that we awaken to the reality that we are a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in our authentic truth, we have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet Earth. Crystallize your medicine.